0: Hey, my name is Gerald, and welcome to Love Lake Norman. Uh, gosh, it's good to be, uh, to be back. I was gone for about three weeks a uh, vacation study break, and uh, I just want to say, I mean, you guys were, I, I listened to the messages, and you guys were well taken care of with Ethan for a couple weeks, right? I mean, you did an amazing job teaching through the end of that series. And then Lynn Marshall last week, were you here last week for that? She was... Um, Incredible. She was incredible. And so it's a gift to me to be able to, to just be here and to, uh, to, to know that I can go away and step away and kind of recharge and step back in. Um, we're starting a new series today and, and what I want to say is, is this, we've all met somebody who's gone through like a tragedy and when they've gone through a tragedy, like, like you go talk to them and you think they just have unshakable faith. You know, like, like they have unshakable faith. I thought that they were gonna be a hot mess and they are, are really kind of way more together than, than I thought. And um, maybe you're not a religious person here today, but you, even when you come into contact with somebody like that, you're thinking, I really wish that I had faith like that. Like, like whatever bad happens, you know, and you know these people in our lives, you know some of these people, right? Whatever bad happens, their faith in God is solid and they don't seem to waver and you can't help but wonder to yourself, like what if that were me, right? Like how would I respond if I went through a difficult situation and that, um, that was me? Like, like I knew somebody last year who was going through something really hard. And I, I, I remember talking to them about it and I expected there to be this crushing kind of feeling that, that I had when I walked in the room, but it was just the, the opposite. In the middle of the devastation that this person was going through, they were experiencing this incredible and, and, and peaceful and unshakable faith. It was like they were saying, and they literally said, you know, I'm trusting God and he's giving me peace through this I was trying to encourage this person and they ended up encouraging me. Have you ever had that happen? Like you're trying to encourage somebody who's going through something hard and they end up encouraging you. I know that you have, I know that you've had interactions with people um, like this and and they tend to believe this, like they believe there's more to life than this than, than what I'm going through right now. That God's not only real, but he's active in my life and this won't be the end. So the question in this series that we're calling Faithful that we're asking is this, where does faith like that come from and how do you get it? And we want to provide some answers to that over the next few weeks together. Where does faith like that come from and how do you get it? And maybe you used to have faith like that and you found that it's slipping away, or you've said, you know, I've seen it all, I've experienced enough, I've, I've read too much, and uh, my family just kind of made me come here today, or my friends made me come here today, what I want to say to you today is that this, um, this series is for you. Okay, this series is for you, where you are right now, or if you're looking for faith, or if you're looking to regain your faith or strengthen your faith, this series is for you. Okay, this series called Faithful is for you. So, I hope that you'll come back for all five weeks of this series with us. You know, when you look at the Gospels, when you look at Jesus, what you see is that he wasn't amazed by a whole lot of things. He wasn't amazed by a lot. He was only amazed, actually, by about two things in his life. And we get this one story about this Roman centurion, this Roman soldier, and this is in the book of Matthew. He comes to Jesus and he asks Jesus, Hey, um, he says, My servant is at home and he's sick. Would you? Heal him. Would you please heal him? Now, the disciples were around Jesus, and they had a lot of reason to go get out of our face, all right? Like, would you just walk away? Would you just get out of our face? First of all, he was a Roman, and so he was uh, typically oppressing the the Jewish folks that were there, that that these disciples were, the Jewish nation, the nation of Israel. He was also a centurion, and so that added another level of oppression. And, uh, And yet Jesus looks at him, and he says, sure, I'll do it. Like, I'll, I'll heal him. Um, show me where he is. Now, in that moment, the centurion says, um, there, there's no need to go home. He's at, our, he's at my house, but there's no need to go, to go there because, because of this. The centurion says, I command men, and I say that they do it, and uh, they do it. Like, I don't have to be there to know that they're gonna do what I tell them to do. And he says, Jesus, I've watched you, and you're the same. Like like you're the same as them, you have this authority, you're the same way, you just say the word and it happens. You don't even have to be there for my servant to get healed. And Matthew says this, that Jesus was amazed at that man. He was amazed um, by, by this man asking for Jesus for a favor, no. He was amazed, like what made Jesus so amazed? He recognized the uniqueness of Jesus in that moment. Jesus was the only one who could command healing to happen and it would. He was never amazed, like Jesus was never amazed at knowledge, like like saying, wow, you're so smart. I can't believe how smart you are. He was amazed at great faith. He was amazed at, at great faith. Another thing that amazed Jesus. There was another thing that amazed him. was kind of the opposite of this. Jesus was one time in his hometown and he was teaching. He'd done a few miracles and uh, the people were all amazed at Jesus, but, but gradually they began to realize who he was. They were like, wait, you're just this guy from our town. And like, they're, they're like, your brothers are standing right over there, James and Joseph and Judas and Simon. And then your sisters are standing right over there too. You know, Jesus was probably from a family of like nine people. And they're like, wait, Mary and Joseph, they're right there. We know them. You're from here. And you think you're all that? Well, I mean, that's what they were saying to Jesus. And Jesus was like, oh, my my goodness. And again, he's amazed. But this time, he's amazed at their lack of faith. So there's two things Jesus is amazed at. Only two things in the Bible. He's amazed at your faith, like audacious faith, or lack of faith faith. Now, now faith is, is kind of different than optimism. It's different than than, than, than uh, something like hope. Okay? F- faith has an object. Those things don't have an object. Your faith, when you have faith, uh, it, it has an object. I mean, we, we need to feel optimistic. That's a good thing. We need to feel hopeful about our lives. That's a, that's a, that's a good thing. But they don't have an object. Faith always has uh, a, an object. Now, uh, let me ask you this. When you get on an airplane, okay, um, you may be optimistic that you're going to get to where you're going on time. Um, That might be uh, unrealistically optimistic these days, right? Um, You can hope that you'll get there safely, but you're not placing your faith in optimism, you're not placing your faith in hope. What are you placing your faith in when you get on an airplane? The, the, The quality of the pilot, right? And the mechanical reliability of the plane, okay? You're placing your faith in that thing, like those two things, those are the object of your faith, the pilot and the plane. And the result of that faith might be in those things, like I'm optimistic, I'm, I'm hopeful. Well, um, spiritual faith, spiritual faith has an object and it's not a particular outcome. Like, like sometimes we want our faith to be the, uh, like the object of our faith to be, or the outcome of our faith to be, well, as long as everything's okay, as long as I'm fine, as long as everything works out fine, I will have faith. That's just hope and optimism again, which is, which is fine, but it's not what impressed Jesus. It's not what impressed him. What amazed him was this, the centurion made Jesus the object of his faith. The centurion made Jesus the object of his faith, that Jesus could do things that nobody else could do. And the point of Jesus' ministry was that he came to establish himself as the object of faith. This is why if you grew up in church or if you just read the gospels, what you see are people that are invited to place their faith in Jesus over and over and over and over again. Over and over and over again. So what does it look like for us to grow in our faith in Jesus? What does it look like for you to grow in your faith, to be more faithful, to be more full of faith so that everyone around you and Jesus is actually amazed? Like he could be amazed at, at, at you. Let me say this. If your faith is at an all-time low today, how could you build it up? Um, what do you need to do to regain it? If you, had to, uh, to, 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 like, if you had it before losing it, what can you do to regain it? If you had it, but you've lost it, Um, I want to say this, there are handles to this. There are things that you can do. There are building blocks to your faith. And over the next five weeks, we're going to talk about five of these together, five faith catalysts where you can actually look at these and measure your faith. And I believe this, if you begin to do these things, you will start to see your faith grow. We're going to paint a target on the wall when it comes to our faith. And, and uh, anybody who has amazing faith, anybody that you know who has amazing faith likely has most, if not all, of these things going on. And it's actually, we're going to do it in an acronym. We don't, it just kind of fell together. I was working on this actually a few years ago, and it just kind of fell together into this word, faith. Okay, we're going to put it up. Go ahead, Jeremy. put it up. Yeah, we're going, to, we're going to spell this out in an acronym over the next five weeks. And the first one is this that we're going to talk about today is this. Um, friends who care. Friends who care care in faith relationships are necessary if you want to grow not just talking about uh, i'm not just talking about like friends that you play soccer with or friends you go out to dinner with or friends you go on vacation with i'm talking about friends who take steps to encourage you in your faith look at the disciples and you'll see all of these relationships around them the where they were encouraging one another to grow Now we're gonna look at this one passage from the book of Acts chapter two, and and we're gonna see this together, what the early church was about. And you're gonna see relationships crop up all over the place. And so to set this up, you have to know this, that Jesus had been crucified, and hundreds had said that they had seen him resurrected. Hundreds had said that they'd seen the resurrected Jesus, and then he was taken up into heaven. And then something called Pentecost happens. Pentecost happens, and the Holy Spirit is given. And there's this crazy scene in the Bible where, where, where people the Holy Spirit descends and there are people speaking all kinds of, of, of languages. And then Peter gets up and he, he preaches this message to all these people. And his, the bottom line of his message was this. You crucified the Messiah. Okay? Um, not, so, not so positive of a message. I mean, you crucified the Messiah. But here's what happened. 3,000 people that day came to faith in Jesus. 3,000 responded just like that. What would happen here if 3,000 people came to Jesus in one day? I mean what a what a what an incredible, chaotic, wonderful mess to have to, to have to think about, to have to figure out. What did they do? Did they go all of a sudden and build a big building like they have a big building campaign? No, they didn't have the money, they have the resources, they didn't have the time to do that. They did something else. They formed small groups. They formed these little pockets of relationship because the early church knew something that mattered when it came to our faith, and it's this. You can't grow in your faith alone. Come on. You can't grow in your faith alone, right? You can't do it. It's not a solo sport. It's more like football or basketball than golf, okay? Like faith is not something you can do on your own, and so they gathered in homes in small groups, and what did they do there? Here's what the passage says. Acts chapter 2 says this. They uh, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. You want to grow in your faith. Do you want to grow in your faith, right? Or do you want to recover your faith or or kind of uh, resuscitate your faith? There are some things that you have to do. There are some things that you have to do. It won't just magically happen. You can't just snap your fingers. You can't even just say a prayer and it'll happen. There are some things that you have to do in your life to make this happen because you can want to all day long, but unless you're making changes, it won't happen. It won't happen. One of the things that that happened was this, and you see this in this this first passage, they were devoted to the same things. They were devoted to the same things. They were devoted together. And and like I said, over the next few weeks, we're gonna be exploring the things that they were devoted to. But I wanna say this really quickly. In two weeks, you have an opportunity to actually take a class right after this worship experience called Maximum Impact. And we're gonna look at things like, what are your spiritual gifts? What's your personality type? What are you passionate about? And how do we put that all together? And in fact, in just a few minutes, Ethan's gonna tell you how to sign up for that. But it's a free thing we're gonna do right after. This is how much we value figuring out what it looks like to discover your gifts and put them into action, they were devoted to that together. They sat under the apostles' teaching um, together. They were devoted to the fellowship, like devoted to one another. In other words, they were stepping into something that they were doing that was bigger than themselves that they were devoted to. It says they recognized the Lord's Supper regularly. You know what they were doing and why they they did that? Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And so when they took the Lord's Supper together regularly, they were remembering what Jesus had done. And there's power when you do that together. They were devoted to prayer together. All of those things grew their faith. It says this, all the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone as he had, anyone who had need. Not only were they devoted to the same things, they met together regularly, okay? They met together regularly. They knew that their faith would stop growing if they weren't together. They knew that their faith would stop growing if they had to do it by themselves. And all over the Bible, this proves to be true. It's amazing to me that 3,000 people came to know Jesus that one day and they didn't send them out all on their own. They said, you need to gather together and be light and salt in the world, but you gotta do that together. You can do that best if you're together. All over the scriptures, this proves to be true. In the gospels, you see it. In the book of Acts, which is just the Acts of the early church, you see it. Back in the Old Testament, like in the book of Proverbs, it says, iron sharpens iron. We're supposed to sharpen one another. That only happens when you're in close proximity to each other. And let me say this, can I say this as your friend and pastor, if you're wondering if you're wondering why you aren't growing in your faith, and if like we're in a conversation together, I'm gonna ask you some questions, okay? I'm gonna ask you some questions and I'm gonna say something like, hey, who's in your life? Who's challenging you? Um, Who's asking hard questions in your life? Who can walk beside you? Who's praying for you? Hey, middle school, high school students, Who's challenging you? Who's in your life? Who can, who's praying for you? Who's encouraging you? My adult, little older people here, same questions to you. We got to all be asking those questions. Who's doing those things? Now, um, full disclosure, like I think we're a friendly church. And, 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 and I actually, here's what I think. Not every single church can say that. And, and here's why, because it's not easy it takes intention, it doesn't automatically just happen. And so um, I, I, I don't believe friendliness is just a natural thing in the church. And so we work hard at it, we make an effort. But can, but can I say this? Sunday morning friendliness only goes so far. It only goes so far, like, like you just get a glimpse. It, 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 you just get a touch, you bump up against the community but you're not necessarily in it yet. And and here's what I would say about that. If all you're doing is coming on Sundays, and we'd love for you to come on Sundays, keep coming. If that's your next step, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. I just want to tell you that the step after that is something significant. If all you're doing is coming on Sunday mornings, you haven't joined the community yet. You're just kind of sniffing around the edges of it. How do you join the community? It's not a class. It's not a secret handshake. All right. Here's what we say every week. Join a crew. You want to join the community here, join a crew. Don't stand on the outside of that. Can I say this too? This is just really honest. Don't stand on the outside of that. Don't stand on the outside of being involved in a small group community of people that that exists here. Don't stand on the outside of that and expect the kind of care that can only happen when you're in a small group. You know what I mean by that? Don't stand on the outside of community and expect the kind of care that can only happen when you're connected together and devoted to one another in fellowship, okay? That's just how it's gonna be. I mean, like, like, that's what a biblical model of church and community looks like. We wanna be a church of tiny communities, okay? This is great, but this is a first step in. This is a first step in. Uh, you can only have the benefits of community if you join the community. You can only have the benefits of community if you join the community. That means um, getting into a crew if you're not. Like, like, like that's how we do it here. Now, uh, are they perfect? No. <laughs> they are not. Will you have to adjust your schedule to do this? Probably so. Will that be hard? Probably so. Are you capable of making that a priority? Yes, you are. And is it worth it? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Let me say this to you guys that are in a crew. Like If you're in one already and your experience has been less than satisfying, give it another shot, like dig in. Again, we're not perfect, it's not perfect. Give it another shot, dig in, redouble your efforts. Can I say this too? If you're like a leader of a crew and you don't like your crew, (laughs) it happens. Will you just, how many leaders in here are, I'm speaking your language, don't raise your hand. Ethan, close your eyes. He leads our crew ministry. Um, Hang in there. Would you just hang in? Would you just dig in? Would you just as a leader say, hey, I'm going to keep investing. I'm going to keep responding to the call. I'm going to keep doing this because for most of us in all those situations, a great experience is right around the corner from a mediocre one. All right, for most of us, a great experience is right around the corner and it's just gonna take a little more consistency and a little more effort and a little more digging in. And and if you wanna uh, receive the benefits of being a part of the community, it's time to step into the life of the community, friends who care. We wanna provide those, we wanna be about those here, we wanna raise up leaders here and we wanna have places for every single person to go when they're ready to step into that kind of community. And that passage concludes by saying this, it says every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily, those who were being saved. You know, there's this place in the um, book of John I got to spend a whole week, Liz and I did together uh, last week, digging into the book of John in this study, and it was amazing. And there's this place in the book of John where Jesus says, they're gonna know that you follow me, and they're gonna come to know me by the way that you love one another. Not by your marketing, not by your uh, fancy services, not by any of that stuff, but by the way that you love one another. And this is pointed out to be true right here in this passage that they loved one another so well that people every day began to look over the fence and look over the corner and say, what's going on there? Like, I want to be a part of that. I don't even know about this Jesus guy yet. I don't even know, you know, but, but gosh, I want to be in a relationship like that. I want to be loved like they're loving one another. Man, that's how people come to faith. That's how people come to know Jesus, in relationship in a relationship, I bet if I ask for a show of hands, almost every one of you has come here because someone invited you or someone told you or someone encouraged you to come. That's how it happens. There's some things to pull out of this. One of them is this, spiritual friends are glad to see one another. Spiritual friends are, and I'll say spiritual friends because I just want to draw a distinction. These are people who are encouraging you in your faith. These are people who are, are, are inviting you into the, this life together. Spiritual friends are, um, are glad to see each other. They're just it's a joy to know that, gosh, you're somebody in my life who is praying for me, who's encouraging me, who I can talk to when things are hard. Spiritual friends are 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 glad to see one another. Spiritual friends are also honest and sincere. You need honest, authentic people in your life who will speak the truth. I got people like that in my life, and let me tell you, sometimes it's hard. Like sometimes I don't want to hear the truth. But I, I need to hear the truth, right? I need to hear about my shortcomings. I need to hear about places where I can grow and where I can do better and where I need encouragement and places that are blind spots for me. Spiritual friends are honest and sincere. And, and the third thing is this, spiritual friends, they thank God together. They thank God together. You see that in the early community. They were praising God and thanking him together. And, and gosh, how amazing is it to, to sort of thank, um, to, to, to thank God together with other brothers and sisters in Christ, I'll tell you this quick story. I wasn't gonna tell this, I was just thinking about it because we were at this concert last night. Liz and I were uh, at uh, Walker Hayes. So some of you will remember that Craig Cooper came and spoke several months ago and was amazing. Well, he, uh, he's a pastor, author, and we had so much fun with him. And he wrote this book with country music star, Walker Hayes, and told their story. And great, great book called Glad You're Here, if you uh, haven't had a chance to pick it up yet. Short read, very powerful read, but, but basically Walker came to know Christ. Through, the, uh, through Craig, through a relationship, a friendship with Craig that, where he walked into a church as an atheist. He didn't want to be there. He got, he got uh, drugged there. In fact, he was drunk while he was at church. And uh, it was just a hot mess. And Craig loved him. He just loved him well. And he kept loving him. And their families kept loving uh, on the Hayes family. Their their family kept loving on the Hayes family, inviting him in and going over and and not judging, just loving and showing this kind of unconditional love that Jesus has for us. And they were like Jesus in the flesh, this incarnational, it's called incarnational ministry. It's a big theological word, but what it means is that Jesus is living through me. Jesus is working through me and he's gonna speak into this world through me. And I I just gotta have to show up. I just have to show up and love people well, and Jesus is going to do that. Well, um, that was the beginning of their story. But anyway, Walker ends up coming to know Christ. And and we had to be at this concert last night uh, watching him with all these crazy people stand up and share about his faith in Jesus to thousands of people. And it's because of this relationship that God chose to use in his life. And it's incredible to me. And so we actually got to meet him at, uh, backstage afterwards and we, we were talking to him for a minute. We were talking about Craig and his wife and, and he was just like, I can't believe I get to do this for a living. <laughs> like he's up there having a crazy fun time on stage and then he gets to share his heart and the story about Jesus to, uh, to a lot of people who probably need to hear him. I mean, and he was just overcome with that. And, and what, I mean, we got to celebrate for just like 30 seconds together, like how great God is. And it was just amazing to see. It gives me chills thinking about it up here and now. Spiritual friends thank God together. And we were able to stand there and thank God for his mercy and his grace. Um, hey, you gotta be a part of that. If you're not a part of that yet, you gotta be a part of that. And what that means first and foremost is stepping into a relationship with Jesus. with saying yes to him, saying yes, I, I, I trust you. I'm gonna lay my life down to you. I can't do this anymore on my own. That's the kind of offering he wants from you. That's the kind of offering he loves. And and then his invitation is, you can be that kind of person for someone else. You can be that kind of friend for somebody else. But it involves stepping into the community together. And it was so attractive that the early church spread. And it was like this spark to dry wood, you know. It just kind of spread like a flame. So, um... I want to say three things at the end here if, if you're in this place where you're going, that sounds cool, but I don't have any friends like that, right? Because I bet some of you are, are here like that. And I have definitely been in that position too. Um, can I just say a couple things to you? Don't judge yourself harshly, but there's a few things that you can do. One of them is this. Pray for one. Like begin to ask God for one person. Ask him for one. I pray this for my kids. I pray this for all of them. Uh, Our youngest is going into college soon and uh, I'm praying this for him. I'm praying this for his brother. I've prayed this for his sister. I'm praying for one friend who will walk with you with Christ. One friend who will walk alongside you to encourage you. One friend who will be there for you. Just one. God, would you just give me one? And maybe you need to pray that prayer for yourself. God, would you just give me one? Will you just give me one friend? I think that he's going to honor that prayer. I think what it's going to require of you is that you open your eyes and you might need to take some steps, right? But would you you just pray for one? The second thing is this, I've already said it, but let me just just say, if if this is the place that you're in where you're like, I don't have those kind of friends, take a step into the community. Take a step into community. You will not regret it. Will it be perfect? No. Will it be hard? Yes, it will probably cause you to rearrange some things in your life, but it will be worth it. Take a step into community together. That's the second thing. And then the third thing is this. Um, If if you can't find the friend uh, that you're looking for yet, be the friend that the friend you're looking for is looking for. (laughs) Is that clunky? (laughs) Be the friend that the friend you're looking for is looking for. In other words, be that kind of person that you want to be friends with. Be the kind of person that you want to be friends with. Oh, if I want my friend, I I want them to be kind to me. Maybe I should be kind to somebody first. I want them to show grace to me. Maybe I should show grace first to them and not wait around for them to show it to me first. I want them to forgive me when I've done something wrong. Maybe I should be the one forgiving first. I want them to come and talk to me, like walk across the lunchroom and, and talk to me. I wish they would come and talk to me. Maybe I gotta step outside of my comfort zone. Even though I'm an introvert, I gotta step outside of my comfort zone and step over and say, hi, my name's Gerald, what's your name? That can make all the difference in the world. So it's on us, right? Like it's on, it's on, it's on you. That's not judgment, it's just encouragement, right? Step in, lean in, don't be afraid. Don't let your fear of relationships take the, the, the precedent. Like don't let that take priority. Don't let your schedule, your work schedule, your game schedule, I get it. I mean, I've had kids who play travel sports, right? I get it. Like, but don't let that take priority. And the cool thing is you're here, you're, you're, you're taking a step. You're, you're, you're prioritizing some things in your life with God and with other people that are so important. They're gonna like change your life. They will change your life. And if you're standing here as somebody who are sitting here as somebody whose life has been changed by Jesus, I guarantee you, you can point to people in your life he has used, right? Like there are people in your life that he has used to draw you closer to him. You got an opportunity to be that kind of person. I got an opportunity to be that person as well. I'm gonna pray that we can take that, that, that first F, right? The, the first F, friends who care, friends who, who care. These are the, gonna, gonna be the five building blocks of our faith. I'm not gonna give you the rest yet. You gotta come back for that, all right? But the, 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 if you wanna like, like take a step forward in your faith, I promise over the next few weeks, We're going to be digging in together to this and and putting this whole thing together of what it looks like and and so that you can look back at this and go, how am I doing in this part, in this part, in this part of my life, in this part? It'll be like a target on the wall for your faith. And I think it's going to benefit not only you, but the entire church. Um, I'm going to pray for us. And one more plug, like in two weeks, um, my friend Wayne is gonna come and teach this class called Maximum Impact. And it'll be August 13th and 20th, right after church. We're gonna feed you free food, okay? Gosh, I don't even, I shouldn't even say that out loud. Poor Pat, where are you, Pat? Pat's like shaking her head like, oh my gosh, we gotta order a lot of food. Let's order as much food as we can and fill this place up with people who are ready to step into figuring out their spiritual gifts, figuring out your personality, your passions, how that all fits together and ready to take that into a world that desperately needs you. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.